4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: Hell, I suck at
0: dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is up, sucky daters? What a beautiful week it is. Uh, Jared is back in Los Angeles. I can feel his presence a measly 15 miles away from me. Easton is in studio in Burbank,
2: which is maybe
0: 20 miles away. I just feel the energy of good vibes pulsing through the Zoom screen right now. How are you guys? We're
2: just inching our way closer back together until one day we're reunited in studio once again.
0: Right. It's funny. We we talked about it. or uh, I think Easton or Mark mentioned it at the top of the podcast before we were recording. Jared was uh quarantining on the east coast waiting things out waiting for things to get better and he comes back to los angeles on what might be the worst day for the coronavirus
2: yeah i just uh, we ashley and i just figured uh we'd wait till los angeles became the epicenter of the of the virus before we decided to fly back into it you know unbelievable i know we quarantined for three and a half months over on the east coast planning on going back to the west coast and by the time we get here it's just only getting worse but i mean we're still uh, we're still quarantined we're still we're staying inside we're not going anywhere it's an
0: interesting strategy, Cotton. I
2: wonder if it's going to pay off for them. Oh, well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, we've got a great
0: episode for you guys today. We've got Jared wants to ask me about Kaylin's birthday. I just want to tease it a little bit, Jared. Sorry. Got it. Uh, we have a, we've got a couple of guests calling in that are going to share their experiences while dating during quarantine and the coronavirus.
2: Have we talked to you? We haven't talked to you since we saw your appearance on uh, Bachelor Greatest Seasons Ever. I don't think we talked about that at all.
0: Uh. You're right. Well, we recorded last time right before Kalen's birthday, and that was about two weeks ago.
2: So I have um, I have uh, two questions for you. One, how was Kalen's birthday? What did you guys do? And two, uh, you revealed on uh, Greatest Seasons of All Time that you guys are are not married, but uh, you wear yeah. promise rings pretty much. So finally, we have our answer yeah, after like nine months of speculation.
0: It's it's kind of funny actually. I'll get into the uh, the ring and the Greatest of All Time episode in a minute because the story behind it's kind of funny but uh caitlin's birthday was good we drove out to las vegas her parents live out there or her grandparents live out there so we stayed with them for about a week and uh we went to like a restaurant on her birthday which is a big treat for us obviously we social distanced and wore our masks when we weren't eating but uh it was a good time she was stoked to be around her family her uncle lives out there as well so uh, it was just nice for us to be able to kind of get away. And, uh, her grandparents have like a pool and a gym and like a nice big house, which is just, it's nice to get away from the apartment where you feel like you're kind of like a, like a, like a mouse trapped in a cage sort of thing. Um, yeah, the, the, I don't think that I did as well for her birthday as she did for mine. She knocked it out of the park and she kind of set the bar at like a unattainable level, but I did my best. I, you know, I got her some, some sentimental presents and, uh, I just made sure to focus in on her all day, uh, and I would say that she was pretty pleased with with how everything worked. I, can't, I don't want to speak on her behalf, but that's just my interpretation of it. Um, so yeah, that was it. And then yeah, we had Greatest of All Time, which we recorded uh, not too long after. Or no, I guess we recorded Greatest of All Time before because I still had my hair, and then we shaved my head before we went to Vegas for her birthday. So... We recorded greatest of all time. And I was kind of like iffy as to whether or not I was like, yeah, I even wanted to be part of it. Uh, but we, at the end of the day, we were like, whatever, like, what, what do we have to lose? There's no, no point in not doing it. Um, and we were supposed to record at 7 p.m. And I like teed off with my buddies at like 3.30 p.m. in West L.A. And I was like, dude, I, I know that we're probably not going to be able to power through a round of golf in three hours, but we're going to try it anyways. And I was on the 15th hole. Uh and I was like it's it was like six thirty and it was like a twenty minute drive and so I was like I just basically veered off and was sprinting through the golf course. And I had like uh you know, I had like two beers at the time too, so I like had a pee really bad. Uh get in the car, get back to Kaylin's apartment literally at like seven oh five and the recording was supposed to start at seven. Um but it started a little bit later than expected. I literally sat down, put the microphone on and we started recording right away. And then we answered the question of the rings and I like didn't really, you know, I kind of expected them to ask the question. I didn't really like plan a response or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I answered it in that way that I had never really answered it before. And after we were done recording, Kaylin like looked over at me and she goes, oh, I can't believe you actually like answered that with more of a firm answer than you have been before where it's always like this open ended, what is it, what isn't it sort of thing. Um, so, yeah.
2: It's the intimidation of Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison gets yeah, the truth I guess, out of you. He should be a lawyer.
0: I guess it was. I was just like, I was, yeah, I was like just so fl- uh, frazzled and flustered from having to like rush home so quickly, getting, getting back to the apartment, having to like put everything on, like the microphone and everything and like sitting down and Caleb like being angry with me for being so late. And so I was just like in a mode where I was just like, I'm just going to talk my butt off.
2: What is it about guys where we feel like we can just get everything done in a time span that is impossible to get things done in like i if like for example if we have to if like we have dinner at six i'll get in the shower at like five fifty. if we have to leave the house by six it's like all right i'm gonna shower and she's like it's five fifty, we have to leave in 10 minutes i'm like yeah it will be fine and then i'm ready by six but like why didn't i shower an hour earlier i don't know what the hell's Listen, wrong with i
0: me. i agree but it does have a way of always working itself out in my experience at least where it's like yeah if it's if you're gonna do something, just wait till the last minute, and it'll get done when it gets done. Yeah. I mean, we and it never seems to. It's like yeah, maybe it's let me down a couple times, but I would say it, it's it's more successful more often than
2: yeah, not. Yeah, majority you know? of time it works out. Well, it was. I'm glad that Kaylin's birthday went well. Significant other birthdays are always high pressure. I always feel like I suck at giving Ashley gifts. I feel I feel the same way you do. I feel like Ashley always out gifts me because she's just so good at it. I don't know if it's a girl thing or maybe Kaylin and Ashley are just specifically really good at giving gifts. But I'm sure you did a wonderful job, Dean, because you've been doing uh, – you're you're a very uh, sweet, sentimental guy. So if you gave sentimental gifts to Kaylin, I'm, I'm sure.
0: I think birthdays are job. especially hard because there's an expectation there. Whereas, like, if you're just getting gifts throughout the year for, like, random days, like, just for, like, a Wednesday, like, you come home with flowers or something like that. Like, those, I think, are more thoughtful because there is no expectation. But there's also a lot more pressure on the birthdays because it's like, okay – It's their birthday. What are you going to do for them? Are you going to equal or exceed what they did for you? Are you going to come in a little bit lower to kind of like recalibrate and restabilize what's going on here? So, birthdays,
2: tricky, for sure. Do you get random gifts for for Kalen? And if so, what are they?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll like, uh, like I got her some artwork to hang for her apartment. Uh, Little things throughout the week, like I'll get her flowers or I will... Uh, like if I'm out golfing with my buddies, I'll be sure to like come home with dinner or something like that. Like small things like that. You know what I mean?
2: To show that you care. That makes sense. What, uh, what type of flowers do you get? Kaylin, do you give her roses?
0: No, I'm not, not a big rose guy. Even before the bachelor, I was never a big rose guy. Like, yeah, I had gotten girlfriends roses before, but. I think they're just a little too cliche. I like to go with like the lilies or the tulips. Mm-hmm. Those are
2: very. What nice? about you? Uh, I'm definitely not a red rose guy. I can never give Ashley a red rose just because it's mm-hmm. too weird now. But I get well. The thing about roses is uh, different colors have different meaning. Like orange roses right. mean I think they mean like passion and, and yeah pink, fire. Pink roses. Uh, they, they, every like w- the white rose I think is a friendship rose. So don't get a white rose. I think yellow's friendship. Oh, yellow's friendship. Okay, so don't get a yellow one. Whichever one it is. Let us know sucky daters at help I suck at dating Instagram comment below let us know which rose is meaning for each color because I truth- truthfully don't know but yeah I like to think of different things too um, I used to be a lot better I will say after uh, Ashley and I got married I've been slacking I still get her random gifts here and there but I used to do it like on a weekly basis and I really got to start putting more effort into that I'm sure just like we all do Um but I do want to talk about something before we have. So, like Dean said, we have a panel of single people during this COVID 19 pandemic. And I'm very interested to get their perspective on dating and relationships right now, because obviously Dean and I are in relationships and we're very lucky because we're quarantined with our significant other. Uh, or maybe not so lucky. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, there was an article, Dean, that I wanted to talk to you about that I was perusing the internet for. And uh, it's about commitment issues, people with commitment issues. And I thought, who better to speak on this than our very own Dean Ungler, who's been very public about his uh, commitment issues uh, and how you're getting so much better at it, which is pretty cool. We're watching you grow in front of our eyes. Uh, But it's from from a website called yourtango.com. Not sure what the website is, but regardless. Uh, And the title says, Eight Facts About Dating People with Commitment Issues as Written by a Woman Who Has Them. So, Dean, I want to talk about these eight commitment issues uh or the, these eight facts that apparently you need to know about dating someone with commitment issues and i want to see if you agree with them or if you disagree with them got it
0: yeah let's hear it lay it on me. all
2: right so number one you cannot change someone else's fear of commitment and it says if you're dating someone who has a fear of commitment with the belief that they will commit to you if you give them the time love them enough or show them how great relationships can be, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. There's only one person who can change someone's commitment issues, and that is the person who has them themselves, and people only change themselves if they see a need for change.
0: Yes, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. For me, from my experience, it was very much the same thing. Uh, I can never speak and say exactly that girls that I've dated have tried to break me out of my commitment phobia, but it wasn't until I addressed it within myself that I was really able to overcome it, if you will. So it's definitely something that you have to tackle with within yourself.
2: And if anybody's listening out there who feels like they're dating someone or wants to date someone who they feel like has commitment issues, then you should probably listen up because you might see their perspective on things. Number two, people with commitment issues get portrayed as bad guys or bad girls, but we're so not. Not all of us anyway. Not wanting commitment doesn't mean we're uh, uncaring or selfish. It doesn't mean we don't care about you or want you in our life. It just means we don't foresee wanting a commitment and we aren't going to pretend otherwise. If we pretended we wanted that stuff just to get close to you, that would be careless, uncaring, and selfish. And there are some jerks who do do that. Those are the bad guys. If we're telling you up front... We're, uh, if we're telling you about it upfront, our commitment issues upfront, we're doing it because we want you to understand what it mean to date us so you can make a decision with your eyes wide open.
0: I agree, and I've actually been uh, criticized for this in the past where I am overly expressive and communicative of my uh, shortcomings, especially when it comes to commitment. And I like, kind of leave it up to the girls to make the decision for themselves. So I think it can kind of go both ways. It's like, yeah, all you're doing is giving them information, but at the same time, like maybe your actions say otherwise. And so they're putting stock in your actions and not so much into your words. But I do agree, like, to an extent, I think that it's obviously a lot worse to like lie about things just to kind of get what they want from you, which is typically, you know, sex, I guess you would say. Um, But... From my experience, I never thought of myself as a bad guy. I just thought that I've got a lot of issues. And I still got a lot of issues. I'm still working on them, but I like to, I don't like to think that I'm a bad guy.
2: You're not a bad um, guy at all. And don't we all have issues? I remember actually before we became good friends, watching you on Bachelor in Paradise uh, season four and really just not understanding why you were so villainized. Because you were so, you made mistakes, but I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before. You were very honest with everybody. You weren't lying to anyone.
0: And even when that stuff was going on, I was like, I know this looks bad, but I'm just like telling, telling everyone involved in what's going on exactly what's going on with the other person, too. So they can like, like, I almost like wanted one of them. And this is entirely like my idi- idiosity. <laughs> I wanted I was being overly communicative with both of them because I wanted one of them to dump me and essentially make my mind up for me. And that was, you know, obviously, 26 year old Dean being an idiot. I don't I wouldn't do that anymore. I don't recommend it to other people. But I think that was where my mindset was at the time. I was like, you guys make this decision for me. The first one to dump me, I'll just end up with the other one. It's not. I don't recommend it. I don't think. I'm not proud of it, but uh, I think that's what was going through my head at the time. Yeah,
2: I see where you're coming from. Maybe not the smartest, but I I totally get your point. Number three, people who fear commitment see relationships differently. Society has this obsession with committed relationships and marriage as the pinnacle of existence and well. We don't buy it. We think there are a myriad ways to have a relationship, and it doesn't always have to look like what our parents had. Did I write this article? I was about to say. Because it's it, by some guy named Dean Unglert. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dean Babies?
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, too. As a society, and not to, not to take away anything from marriage. I know you're married, Mark Easton, all married, beautiful relationships, but we set the standard for any relationship that, uh, you're always working up to get married. And if you don't reach marriage, it was a failed relationship. And I think that that's just not entirely true. I think that younger generations are beginning to see that. Uh, and while I do think that marriage is a beautiful, uh, sync, uh, relationship between two people, it's like a great thing to have happen. I don't think it's necessarily, it doesn't have to always be the end all be all for any
2: relationship. I agree. Uh, And this is coming from someone who's married. Number four, we're the best people to talk to about our commitment issues. We all have our own reasons for shying away from commitment. More often than not, it's not because we want our love life to resemble an all-you-can-eat buffet, but that isn't always the case. What we tell you might make more sense to you than you think, or maybe it won't, but it'll definitely be more accurate than what anyone else has to say about it. I mean, that's pretty generic, but I guess I agree with it.
0: I think a self-aware commitment-phobe is an incredibly uh, reliable source for someone that's dealing with dating issues. They're, like, I have friends who are commitment-phobes, but who, on the surface, try not to be, pretend not to be, act like they're not, speak like they're not, but they really, really are. And you don't, like, you don't really get anywhere during in a conversation with them because they're not willing to, I guess, express what they are. They're not willing to address it. And then because of that, like all of their advice becomes asterisked. Astracized? Is that a word? You put an asterisk on it because you don't really, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree. Number five, people with commitment issues tend to make accepting partners. The thing is, since we're not planning on legally binding ourselves to anyone, we don't care all that much about some of the stuff that other people are going to get hung up on. Your messiness, bad credit, low-paying job, messy divorce, debt, horrible driving record, doesn't affect most of us in any real way. Are you a cool human uh, who maybe has a messy life? Eh, whatever, it happens. If you're a walking disaster, it's a problem. But generally speaking, that stuff is your business, not ours.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with
2: that too, <laughs> I guess.
0: I, I think I'm kind of more on the giving end of the messiness and the receiving end of the messiness. But maybe that's why I'm such a commitment phobe is because I know that the person that's going to eventually, if, if it happens, commit to me, they're going to have to deal with my... You know, low credit score, messiness, laziness.
2: Oh yeah. Smelliness. I told Ashley when we first started, before we started dating, uh, I was like, "Listen, you have a total different perception of what I actually am. I am a <laughs> mess, and get ready for yeah. it." Yeah. Uh, number six: People with a fear of commitment can still be capable of feeling incredibly deep. Love. We know, we know, this goes against everything anyone thinks about us, but it's true. For a lot of us, it's what scares us the most about relationships. We feel things intensely. We love wholeheartedly, and it's often bitten us in the behind. Add to that an inversion to following the fairy tale script, and loving becomes a complicated thing. But, If we fall for you, it's going to be that earth-shattering, life-changing kind of love. It probably will not lead to a ring or a picket fence, but it will be its own kind of beauty. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. Do you feel like you love deeply, (laughs) Dean?
0: Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I don't really know how to answer that. I think that I have. I think that... I am continuing to work on my ability to feel that way again. If I want to feel that way again, I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, but you look back on any love, and we've talked about this uh, in quite a bit of depth on this podcast before, is like the kind of love that you felt for your high school sweetheart is never going to be be able to be replicated because it's like you were an idiot when you were 16 years old. And it's
2: the first time you felt those feelings. Yeah. Like the first time you feel exactly. something like that, it's very in- impactful.
0: Right. Uh And so as time moves on, I don't
2: know. All right. Well, we do have our guests on the line. So we will finish the last two, seven, and eight a little bit later in the podcast. But right now, uh, we have our guests who are waiting on the line. And before we get to our panel of single people dating during this COVID-19 pandemic, let's take a quick break. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly.
0: When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts.
2: Welcome back to Help I Suck It Dating. Uh, Dean and Jared here, obviously. And we have a great panel that's joining us right now uh, of, well, to be frank, single people. uh, Because we're a dating podcast and Dean and I are both obviously in relationships. And we want to get the perspective of people who are dating right now. And I'd love to know the world of dating, especially with everything that's going on with social distancing and quarantine and all that. So let me introduce the panel one by one. Uh, first from California, the Bay area, she's 20 years old. She's a senior at San Diego state university, and she is in an, it's complicated relationship, which we'll dive into Lana uh, later, uh, uh, Hannah, Hannah, thanks for joining us.
5: Yeah, of course.
2: Oh, how you doing?
5: Good. How are you? I miss you guys. I know
2: we miss you too. Sorry, Hannah. I didn't even realize it was you until I looked at a little gallery. Hannah, you, you, yeah,
5: totally fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've helped us in a. a, a you've been, have you been on the podcast before?
5: I no, I this is so. my first time on your guys's.
2: Oh well, yes.
5: Yeah.
0: And for the listeners out there, Hanna works very closely with the iHeart team, so we see her often at the iHeart Radio events.
5: Yeah, very fun.
2: Uh, we also have uh, another person from the Bay Area, 27 years old, and currently single, Emlyn. Emlyn, thanks for joining us.
6: Thank you. Oh. Yeah, single ever. <laughs>
2: Uh, What a time to be single. I know, right? Uh, And then also, we wanted a guy's perspective, obviously. So also from California, he plays football at Syracuse University. He can probably beat up both Dean and myself at the same time. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, how you doing, bud?
7: Good, good. Thank you for having me. No, man.
2: Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, and then yeah. last but certainly not least, she's 26 years old, born in Kentucky, but apparently has lived everywhere else, uh, plays uh, basketball at UCLA, and apparently is going to be in Space Jam 2, which is freaking awesome. Nicole, Nicole, how are you?
8: woo Oh, I'm so good.
2: Nicole, you're in Space it's, Jam yes, 2? Space Jam,
8: yes, it was the best summer of my life. Not this summer, it was last summer when we fell um, but I mean it's incredible. People like Denzel Washington coming in on set, just wanting to check in, Michael B. Jordan, like just everybody's there, you know, just wanting to see what's up with Space Jam. So it was so much fun. Uh
2: I know you probably can't talk about it, but like uh are the stars coming back, what's Bugs Bunny like in real life? Uh is Bill Murray making a cameo.
8: <laughs> so um the Looney Tunes, they're all drawn in, so like they're kinda like a stick. Figure I wasn't being serious about Bugs Bunny. Bugs out there, <laughs> but the, but the monsters are, I can't say much. But I, I'm a, I'm a character in it, and we are, monstar like I'll just leave it at that. It's gonna be awesome.
2: <laughs> um, well, that is awesome. I'm super excited for you. And that's like the coolest thing I've heard uh, in a very long time. So congratulations on that. But you're obviously on Help Us Suck at Dating, everybody. Thank you for being here. Uh, and we are a dating podcast. So we wanted to get your perspective on some dating during this quarantine. I want to know, first and foremost, has anybody gone on a date during quarantine right now?
5: I have not, unfortunately.
2: Um, <laughs> no? So, no. So like, all right, let's start with Emlyn. Emlyn, what is it like to be single right now and not have gone on a date for four months. How are you doing mentally?
6: I'm going to make you feel like you've never been less jealous in your life, but I lost my job. I moved home. I live at home with my parents right now in South Carolina. Times are a little tough. I'm living on an Island. Um, that's 10 miles long and the average age is 65. So I haven't been on any dates, but I've been texting with, um, guys from the past.
2: Oh, so you started going. Have you talked to like any ex-boyfriends?
6: Yeah. So right before this, my boyfriend and I broke up. Um, interesting timing, but I have not gone back to him. I've gone back to guys prior to him. So just really feeling it all out.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's all we can do. I mean, so is anybody else talking to exes right now, seeing how uh, we're bored as hell?
7: Yeah, I'm. I'm similar to Emily. I've so I came back from college, and I've been talking to my ex from high school, and that's just because it's just the easiest. But and like especially as you got farther and deeper into quarantine and and more time at home, I feel like you definitely get lonelier and like I don't know, you fiend for like some connection.
2: So is it weird at all, like Ethan? And you can obviously answer this uh, discreetly if you want. Do you find that you're talking to an ex more because you want to talk to him, or more because it's just easier?
7: Um, I think I think it's a mixture of both, because because you, since you already have like you don't have to go through the whole talking stage again, and like the whole intro, introduction and like feel each other out type. Um, it's just it's just easier, you know, just to spend time without it being super awkward as opposed to where if it was normal and you had to meet someone, you know, it's, it's like fun, the whole chase and stuff. The uh, but now it's just, it's just easier. And it's just,
2: yeah, no, more simple. Nobody wants to chase because everybody wants to be six feet away. Yeah.
0: I've got, a, I've got a question for you guys. So in Ethan, uh, and Emlyn's case, do you guys and Nicole, I'm not sure if you're talking to an ex as well. Do you guys, do you address that? Are you like, look, obviously we're quarantined, Like, do you, do you, broach the topic or do you basically just kind of keep it mum's the word sort of thing
6: i'm sort of just talking to them as if nothing's happened and seeing right still that connection but with my most recent ex there's certainly not so um not really bringing up quarantine much just seeing if they still like me
7: <laughs> yeah i'd say it's more of a don't ask don't tell type thing right, <laughs> right. Just, it is what it is
2: So Nicole, I saw your hand go up too. So now that you guys are talking to your ex, are you thinking about getting back together? Like has this quarantine put different perspective on your relationships?
8: So my scenario is odd. And the fact that I'm kind of similar to you, Emily, where we broke up kind of right before quarantine. And the reason being was, I mean, he was very, very serious. He's like the greatest guy if he's out there. Um, (laughs) but he, uh, like, it was kind of went down to marriage type of talk. And I just, wasn't really ready. And so now, of course, through quarantine, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish. (laughs) But um, I then, though, started talking to this other guy throughout this process. And I was actually going to go on a date with him. But he lives in a different state. And I was going to fly to see him. And literally, like, two days right before my flight, he tested positive. He plays football. And he tested positive for COVID. So then that was a damper on things. So I almost thought I'm like, is that like a timing thing? Like this just shouldn't work out. Like, you know, so it's just a lot of stuff going on obviously, but being sick with COVID kind of, you know, strike one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to date someone who's testing positive COVID right now. So you're going to fly out to see this guy. So did you, did you know this person beforehand?
8: Um, yeah, sort of like in high school, uh, we have like a bunch of mutual friends that his cousins went to my high school like i had seen him around and like i knew he wasn't some random stranger like i just struck up a conversation with um but i didn't know him that well so yeah it was kind of like we've been talking for a while and it's like do we want something to happen here like if not i'm i'm not doing anything you're not doing anything let's get this moving so we tried but then screeching halt obviously
0: (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, let, let me ask you this. If you do guys, if you plan on meeting up with him at any point, are you going to require him to show you like a failed COVID test?
8: Uh, I think I hope I trust him. He was telling me, he's like, Nicole, my immune system is so good. Trust me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we got COVID. But he was asymptomatic. And so I think like after two weeks are asymptomatic, then you're good to go. Like even you can still test positive and just be fine. So I guess I just cross my fingers and hope that he's okay. But yeah, I I wouldn't. I'm I'm pretty laissez faire.
0: <laughs> what about the rest of you guys, if you were to go on a date in person, would you require the person that to show you like a failed covid test?
5: Maybe, no? but probably not.
0: <laughs> you're just like you're just like screw it. We're just going we're going to take their chances.
5: Well, I actually I already had it, so I think that I'm like not as scared about it right now. Since really i got it over with yeah were you sick hannah yeah so i was studying abroad earlier this year and i got sent home early from my program and i got home mid-march and then like two days after i came home got a fever and then went to a doctor and tested positive
2: um how sick did yeah. you get because you're very young
5: Yeah, um, I feel lucky because I didn't feel that sick. I mean, I had a fever for maybe two days. Mm -hmm. The worst thing was like my headache and I had weird chest pain. Like it was pretty hard to breathe. But other than that, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, which was kind of nice.
2: That is lucky. I mean, it's just such a weird time because obviously we talk about like the vulnerable population. And and, like, Emily, you were talking about how you're living with your parents right now. So like knock on wood, statistically speaking, like nobody here would have to hopefully worry about it too much if they ended up getting it. But you'd be worried about passing it on to your parents, grandparents, and so on and so forth. But I also want to talk about, have, has anybody been on dating apps during this time? Is, are you guys just like swiping left and right constantly? Because I feel like, honestly, if I was single right now, I'd be so bored out of my mind that I would be on every dating app there is.
8: <laughs> I downloaded Hinged for a hot second. And I tried that out. And I thought, you know, maybe something. Because I'd never done it before. Because I'd been in a relationship for a while and go on there, and I'll talk, and I'm just like, it's not worth it, and then I'll delete it, and then maybe a few weeks will pass, I'll upload it, download it again, and I just delete it. So yeah, it's just a circle, round and round.
2: Is anybody else on dating apps?
8: Yeah,
6: I'm on Raya, and I resort to it when I get bored, but I feel like the conversation's just a little surface level, so that's why I keep resorting back to my past, because those guys are easier to talk to.
7: Yeah, when I when I first got back, I was like, Oh man, I need to get a Tinder. So I hopped on Tinder. <laughs> and then but yeah, some of that after like a week, like it gets pretty boring. So then yeah, I kinda just I stopped. Well it's gotta be tough because,
2: because Dating apps are tough in general because most of the time you talk to someone for so long and you guys either end up not meeting up or it takes like two weeks of conversation for someone to meet up but now are you gonna really meet up with anybody or if you guys do is it gonna be like are you gonna wear masks like if any if you guys go on dates right now would you go on a, a would you meet up at a restaurant with someone or would you rather have a social distance date stay six foot away wear masks so on and so forth
7: No, I think I'd still like go to I'd go to their house and pick them up. I I'd be as comfortable as they are. So if they're if they want to stay six feet apart, like that's fine. But if they're comfortable, like right, like going in the same car, then I would be fine with it.
0: That's probably the same approach I would take too. It is funny yeah. the whole dating app thing because it's like the whole purpose, in my opinion, and it sounds like you guys kind of would agree with this too, is the whole purpose of being on a dating app is to like start talking to someone, but then. It, if you're interested immediately uh meet them in person to see if there's like a deeper connection and obviously you're not really you are able to do that but it's still a little bit trickier nowadays so it's like as entertaining as a dating app might be i can understand why you guys would be more interested in talking to people that you already know because it's just like you've already kind of bridged that gap and you don't have to go through the whole semantics of uh where are you from where'd you grow up all those types of things so i see where you're coming from
2: i guess we can stick to like until this whole thing starts fading away but what are your like what are your guys thoughts on on kissing like being intimate right now
0: same thing just as just go with whoever whatever the other person's most comfortable with or what do you think
2: the reason I ask this is because as um, someone who's like quarantined with with my like my significant other that doesn't have to worry about this. Like I freak out when someone walks past me on the sidewalk. Now, granted, I might be a little bit of a hypochondriac, but that's just me. But like dating, I, I, I'd be really nervous. And it sounds stupid. I wish I could be more laissez faire like you, Nicole, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not. And I want to get your thoughts about it. Like, because this is a real thing for you guys that you have to think about.
7: I mean, if you had, like, already spent a lot of time with them, I think that the more time you spend, the more comfortable you'll get um, with the person. And also, like, I, like, I would need to be really attracted to them and really, like, into them and, and create, like, more of a connection. You Like, I feel like it really diminishes the hookup culture. Like, you don't want to just go around and, like, get with anyone because that poses a real risk to both of you guys. So now it's really, like, really made more important like actually how you feel about the other person and you know like if you've gone out with them spent time with them then i'd feel more comfortable um so yeah i feel like it's definitely made made the intimacy more important
0: what do you guys what do you think it's going to be like after this is all over like once uh let's say america is like okay everything's perfectly fine come like august 1st do you think everyone's gonna like be hitting the bars hard trying to hook up with as many people as possible or is it going to be one of those things where uh, it's gonna be less of a priority. Do you think like what I do what do you think it's gonna be like? I guess
6: honestly This has kind of been my dream come true for dating maybe because i'm 27 But i've kind of slowed my role on the hookup culture at, late night at bars. So I kind of like having an excuse not to kiss on the first date um Because a it makes me look a little harder to get but bi I don't want to get my parents sick living with them um, but I've always been a big fan of day dates and meeting up outside and going to have like a, you know, wine in the park or a walk around the city or whatever. So this is kind of my dream come true. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's attractive to any guys, but <laughs> hopefully to someone out there.
0: <laughs> I think to your credit too, there's less of an expectation after a day date. You know what I mean? Definitely yeah so that's always a good thing too what about the rest of you guys do you think it's gonna is it gonna motivate you to like go to the bars and hook up with more people or is it is it kind of uh and again this is like assuming everything is back to normal because uh, i feel like people are going to be like these horny bunny rabbits that are finally out of their cages and they just want to go around and hump anything that they possibly horny can bunny i rabbits? could be wrong bunny rabbits are notoriously horny creatures not. i'm just saying guys after covid might be the same way
8: I'd have to say, Emily and I feel like we're spirit animals. I'm the same way. I'm actually at my parents' house right now. I uh, am in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been there with a bunch, like, probably, like, two or three months now. Like, I've been back and forth to LA and here. Um, and it's different, like, even in the South. Um, we have a house in Kentucky as well. And, like, it's just not, like, some people, it's like nothing ever happened. I mean, you're not even required to wear masks. Like, it's... it's almost yeah you go to the grocery everything's fine people are still close and proximity talking um but i definitely i think it just depends on who you are for after the fact of like if if you are like this horny bunny rabbit like maybe <laughs> but i think some people just, yeah how comfortable they are like if if they want to they will but if they're still scared and kind of more of a safe person then they'll kind of dial it back like me and Emily. but <laughs> who knows <laughs>
0: Ethan, what about you? Um, well,
8: yeah,
7: well, hopefully I'm going – we'll have classes in the fall for college. So I think yeah. there will be a lot of people, you know, once they go back to school, will be like that. Um, personally, I don't I don't think – I'm not, like – that's not the main reason why I'm, like, looking forward to going back to school. Like, I'm just excited to see, like, people and social, socially interact. But for sure, there will be a lot of people more um, – more motivated to go out more than maybe they would have last year, um, purely
0: to get with girls. Yeah, absolutely. Hannah, what do you think?
5: Um, I mean, personally, I feel like this whole quarantine has made me really antisocial. Like, (laughs) I don't find, like I don't see myself really wanting to even like go out and I don't know. I feel like I just forgot how to talk to people and be social also. But I think, in a general sense if we're speaking like overall, I think people might be really excited to just be around people again and go crazy. I can see that happening.
2: Yeah. 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 I agree. All right. Before you guys go, I do want to ask you some like rapid fire questions. Uh just like quick little nuggets, uh, can be quick answers, I'll ask quick questions. Um, and so uh why don't we do uh Emlyn, Nicole, Hannah and then Ethan? And so we'll go in that order, just so we can like uh you know, be somewhat organized as best as we can be over Zoom. All right, ready? All right, so some, uh, would you guys rather go on a, a first date, dinner or drinks?
6: Drinks.
7: Dinner.
2: Drinks. Dinner. Huh, there we go. Uh, who should ask somebody on the first date, guy or girl, or it doesn't matter? Yeah, guy. <laughs> guy. Yeah, guy. Who should pay for girl. a first date? I'm going. Oh, I'm Dean, yeah. Why girl. am I forgetting to include Dean in this? you say girl girls should ask me right. yeah, for both of those questions um who should pay for the first date guy girl doesn't matter
5: guy 100 percent the guy yeah guy I guess, I guess the guy
0: i think whoever asked the person on the date should pay
2: Ooh, all right i like it dean coming with fire um uh would you rather go uh oh so say you uh meet someone on uh like instagram uh what would your opening, how do you get noticed on Instagram? Does that make sense? Like you like somebody that's cute. You see their pictures. What do you do? Do you like their picture? Do you comment their picture? Do you DM them? What's your first move?
8: That's tricky. I like, I've been kind of doing that lately where I say I have a crush on a guy or I like the way they look. I'll try to like stock their pictures to get some intel, um, something funny. Like I don't like these cheesy random pickup lines. Like I'm going to pretend like, I don't know, I can swoop them off their feet somehow by like, I don't know. You just got to kind of get to know them, even though they have no idea who you are. But I follow first, make sure they follow back if I'm going after them, and then a DM.
5: Yeah, I feel like maybe I'd just follow them on Instagram and hope that I, like, catch their attention. But I don't know. I can't ever see my, I mean, I've never, like, DM someone being like, hey, I think you're really attractive or anything like that. I'm kind of, like, shy in that way. So maybe just, like, follow them, like a couple of their recent pictures, see if that works
2: okay play it slow yeah yeah i've never really had
7: much success with the dms i'm not gonna lie i don't maybe it's just the way i come off or maybe just my opening lines are very good so <laughs> like, a like i don't know i've never really had much success like starting off with social media to begin
2: with well what's your know. opening line because now i'm curious <laughs>
8: Yeah, Ethan.
7: Well, <laughs> like if you think a girl is like you know good looking, you could you could tell her, but then you just kind of look plain or boring. So then you you I try I've tried jokes, but those usually then I just come off looking like an idiot. So I don't know. Maybe I just need more variety, but I don't I don't do too well when I start off with Instagram.
0: There's always that uh, one of the most often ones I receive is like someone like send an emoji of a dog and then the text would be like, Baxter, get back here. Sorry, he's always running away from me or something like that. (laughs)
2: That's pretty funny. But I've seen that one
0: too many times. Our friend Nick has always uh, encouraged people that find someone attractive on Instagram to like scroll to an older pic, maybe like a year or two old. Send that pic to them and be like, if it's like a, if there's like a dog in the picture, it'd be like, oh, you have a really cute dog or so, like something along those lines. So, <laughs> yeah. So that way they know that you're going far enough back and it's still personal enough. See,
2: that sounds creepy. That sounds creepy to me.
0: I mean, let's all be honest with ourselves. That whenever we find someone attractive on Instagram that we want to potentially date, we definitely creep pretty
2: far. So it's mm-hmm. you know. I mean, this is very true. Um. Yeah. So uh, let's pretend that we're all back to normal. You guys are out at bars. What is something somebody can do to get your attention? If, so like, if they say like they walk over to you, what is something that they can do where you, where you think to yourself, okay, I like this person?
8: Gosh, I don't know. Um, Maybe if I saw them across the bar, what would I do? I don't know. Maybe if they're just giving me the eye where it's like, okay, like they're not a creep, but it's just like a, a confident smile. And then they come up and then just try to, I don't know. They have to play it cool where they're normal, but I know they're not trying too hard. Okay. Oh, gosh. I don't even know. I think
5: maybe if they would, like, approach me and, like, (laughs) offer to buy me a drink. Like, I don't know. I feel like I can't get a good gauge on people, especially at bars. Like, if I'm into them or not, I would have to, like, talk to them. So definitely if someone would come up to me and just start a conversation.
2: Ethan, what would, like do you use an opening line um, when you approach a girl at a bar or do you, do you try to play it cool and just walk up and, and introduce yourself?
7: Um, yeah, I can like try to play it cool. That's not always going to work though. Cause you might, you might meet a girl that's not looking for a cool guy. Maybe she's looking, maybe she's more goofy or like, you know, spunky. Um, <laughs> No, I would, I would like, just like a really, a girl that's like really comfortable with just conversation and and, like having a good time, especially if you're at a bar. Like if she's like, you know, if you can like laugh and tell a joke or she's funny, like that would catch my attention.
0: The hard thing about a guy playing it cool at a bar is uh, if there's a girl that you are like interested in or you think is cute, by playing hard to get at a bar, there's gonna be like, 20 yeah. other guys that are not playing hard to get that are going to like find a way to swoop in and circumvent your uh, uh, advances in any sort of way so it's like kind of tricky for a guy I feel like
2: most guys at bars don't have any shame
0: <laughs> right right and so for Ethan people like Ethan and I'm the same way too like I'd rather just like play it cool it's like you're by playing it cool you're almost like not even putting yourself in the game you know what I mean so it's like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work but I don't know
7: yeah, if you're playing cool, you gotta hope that they have a lot of interest in you. Because if they don't, then they're just, then you're not even shooting your shot, like, you know.
2: All right, la- last two questions. What is the best uh, physical feature of somebody that you're interested in? For example, like, what do you like most physically?
0: <laughs> and it can't be a smile because no one can see smiles for the next six months,
2: anyway. Mask, you know.
8: I'm tall. I'm six feet, like six one ish. I mean, if I want to wear heels, like. I it, height and like all these small guys are always coming up I'm like oh boy like I, I'm looking down on you this isn't gonna work and like my family I mean my little brother is seven two my dad six nine other brother six nine like he is gonna wait feel you like, have
7: a seven yeah. two brother
8: yeah like we're all basketball Jesus. players like
7: he's,
5: he's he
8: was on the Knicks like we're all like I mean I, I just like height is wow. important i love good eyes though of course too but if i can't see your eyes because they're way down there it's just not gonna work
2: <laughs> okay makes sense now why you're in space jam too got it <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. Uh, i would say height too but also build like big guys that's what i first noticed in a guy if they're like wait big. so
2: you like big muscles
5: yeah like n- not necessarily big muscles like i kind of like an extra like padding on guys sometimes like i don't know i just want <laughs> so to like, hun, I got, you like, more... skinny guys
2: so you would, would you rather have like a dad bod like because i'm confused are you I talking don't... about like the yeah. rock or are you talking about like just like uh a guy who's got like a few extra Seth pounds Rogan, you know?
5: like a few extra pounds doesn't bother me i don't hate dad bods but definitely just like big like big muscles yeah i guess I just like the look of someone being bigger rather than skinny because then I feel like I can't even be attracted to you, honestly. All right.
0: Yeah. Ethan, what about you? And uh, when you see a girl, what do you find attractive?
7: Oh, definitely. With, you look at face first, but then specifically, like, I definitely say eyes and teeth or like
0: smile. We, we um, said no smile, man. There's no, you got I know, I know on.
7: that. I know that's why. So I guess eyes <laughs> then. Um, yeah, height's not that important. I mean, like five, four, five, three probably would be a, a cutoff. Um,
0: yeah, that's what I'd say face first though.
2: Dean, what about you?
0: Uh, boobs for sure.
2: Total boobs, big boobs, big boobs guy over there. No,
0: I'm just kidding. Come on, man. I I would say smile too. I'm a, I'm in the same camp as Ethan. I know that's obviously not allowed to be an answer because yeah. of the mask situation, but smile eyes you know what about you
2: uh oh god uh (laughs) i don't know i guess it's so cliche eyes you know yeah eyes i mean boobs are always a great answer but you know definitely eyes uh but uh high
0: butt a high butt is good so uh, yeah I don't know what a high butt is, but yeah, it's (laughs) definitely sounds good. Um, All right. Hey guys, thank you so much for being part of the panel with us. We appreciate you. Good luck with uh, dating during quarantine. Good luck rekindling with all your exes, whether that's going to be a thing even post quarantine or not. But uh, we wish you best of luck. Thank you for sharing your experiences and uh, Godspeed.
2: Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Welcome back. Help. I suck at daters. Uh, We just finished up our panel. That was pretty good. Your 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 boobs joke fell pretty flat. But other than that, I thought it went really well.
0: Apparently, uh, I'm not allowed to like boobs. Apparently, that's a a frowned upon thing. The reason my joke didn't get a laugh was because of the connection error, the connectivity issues that we're having here. So
2: I agree. I laughed, but apparently uh, uh, nobody else did. I don't know what the hell happened i thought it was really funny
0: listen we're genetically programmed to appreciate a good set of boobs i mean
2: it's just science um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean it was cool to get perspective of of single people dating uh during this time because man that's insane i would like i was saying uh when they were on dude i would be terrified i'm terrified now and i don't have to go near anybody like I was, I was walking Lois earlier today and there was a guy jogging on my side of the sidewalk and he was, he was like sprinting. And so like, I kind of got flustered cause I had my, I wasn't near anybody. So I had my mask underneath my chin. So I like was trying to pull Lois back and then put my mask over my chin. And all the dude had to do was like go in the street for a second. No one was coming and just run six feet away from me. But he literally ran right past me, no mask, like two feet away. And it's fine. But like in my head, I'm like that guy got way too freaking close and so the idea if I was single of like going on social distancing dates and having to abide by social distancing rules I don't know it's crazy it's a crazy world we're living in right now
0: yeah it's it's, I think we're both fortunate in the fact that we don't have to put ourselves in the situation of having to go on dates especially during this time uh we're lucky in that sense some of us aren't so lucky but uh Yeah, I guess I don't know how I would handle it. I think I would be kind of more along the lines of how Ethan was saying he's handling it, where he's like, he's as comfortable as the other person is going to be. So like if the other person wants to stay six feet apart the whole time, he'll do that. If the other person is comfortable and obviously they're both healthy with being a little bit closer than that, then he'll do that as well. So I respected his answers for the most part.
2: Yeah, I respect it too. Um, Again, uh, I would just be worried about like being asymptomatic and passing it on until, you know, uh, older people, but it's but like at some point, you know, like what are you supposed to do? Your mental health is a big part of, of life, and you can't just go on not, you know, exploring uh, different facets of 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 being in a relationship. Uh, so I don't know, but I'm glad they came on. It was really interesting. It was very fascinating, and uh, just something we don't have to deal with. So, Jared,
0: give us an update on your life, man. I feel like we haven't really heard much from you lately.
2: Uh pfft. What's happening in my life? Well, we're back in LA. We're back at the apartment. We flew back last week, and uh, wore our mask the entire time. Everybody was uh, still. It was, uh you know, nerve wracking, at least for me, being in in an airport. You know, surrounded by hundreds of people, and you know, most people are adhering to social distancing and pretty much everybody's wearing masks. But you always have like those outliers that are just standing like three feet away from you, and it's like, what are you doing? Just back up, you know. Uh, so and then you have like those people, too, that are like kind of taking off their masks here and there. And I don't know, but it's good being back in L.A. Uh, I definitely miss the East Coast, but it's nice having like adulthood back, being in our own place with our own car, uh, feeling like adults once again. Because, you know, being at the in-laws for so long, you just get used to being surrounded by parents. And, you know, I, I never felt like I was walking on eggshells, but you always want to be respectful and not kind of make my i didn't want i never wanted to make my presence known for example i would never like go into the living room and just put whatever the hell i wanted on tv so it's nice being able to do that now um but uh but things are good ashley and i are doing well i do think there is some fatigue with quarantine if i'm being honest with w- within our relationship not a bad thing but i do think that um we've spent so much time together that while there's no problems in our relationship. I do find ourselves slipping into friendship more and more and more, and I know I've talked about that on the podcast before, and that is an issue that uh, does take effort because you know when you spend so much time with someone. I don't know if you're experiencing this with Kaylin yet, but uh, uh, it's you know Ashley and I, I, I can find myself we're hanging out more without like touching or cuddling in and, and kissing as much, you know? Even though we still do that a lot, it's just kind of I don't know, I, I think spending so much time with someone now you're it, it's just we're getting like back into friendship almost. Which sounds dramatic and I don't mean it. I don't want people to be like, "Oh, they're they're only friends." And it's like, "No, no, 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 no. no. We kiss each other. We cuddle all the time. Uh we're very intimate with each other." But
0: uh I mean, I see where you're saying. I see where you're coming from. I'm sorry. I don't want my silence to be uh, misconstrued as uh, judgment. Yeah. I I I see exactly where you're coming from. It makes a lot of sense. Where it's like you're spending more time together now than you probably ever have together, and you guys have already up to this point spent a crap load of time together. But now it's like day in, day out, twenty-four-seven for the past three months. Um, but I think it's good that you guys are still able to like, uh, you know, obviously your and Ashley's relationship was kind of based around friendship from the start. And so it's obviously you guys were able to bring it to more romantic level later on, but to know that you still have the friendship aspect is, I think it's good for the longevity of the relationship. Oh, and if you're in quarantine with a significant, if you're, but if you're quarantined with a significant other right now, and you're not doing that, that's kind of almost like a negative sign where it's like, Oh, There is the only part of the relationship is like romantic and our friendship isn't really able to blossom from here. Like that's kind of a red flag. But the fact that you guys aren't doing that and that it is staying friendly and like, you know, joke. I don't I don't know to what extent, but I think it's a good thing.
2: I think. Oh, I I think it's a good thing, too. But I think I'll also be a good thing once uh, hopefully things start winding down and we get back to normalcy a little bit where we do get a little distance within each other. Just so, you know, the heart, you know, uh, you know, distance makes the heart grow fond a little bit. So it would be nice to kind of like miss her. You know, we don't miss each other anymore, uh, just because we're with each other twenty four seven. So that would be nice. And
0: I'm in I'm in that same camp entirely with you too. Like I'm looking forward to my next van adventure, where uh, you know being reunited after a month of separation would be like exciting.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, Let's do one email, and then I'm gonna read the last two uh, commitment issue facts uh, to sum that up, and then uh, we'll get going.
0: (laughs) Sweet. I'll read this email uh real quick which one are you gonna choose just give me a minute uh i'll just pull up the first one
2: all right great because that's from anonymous and uh our favorites are always from anonymous because they're usually juicier
0: uh yes okay so we have an email from anonymous and actually well since we have mark in uh this zoom call perhaps he would be willing to take the dive and read that email for us
9: well thank you so much gentlemen what a, what a nice treat
2: well the treat is really all ours You have a very wonderful voice, Mark. Thank you. I'm
9: closing the door so I can give this the attention it deserves. All right. You want the anonymous one? Here we go. I reached out to my ex about a year ago on social media. We did it for six years and broke up in 2006. Since then, we've both moved on, married with two kids. It's not that I wanted to get back with him, but I wanted closure. After I graduated college and both moved back to the Bay Area, he suddenly distanced himself, continuously lied to me, and I'm pretty sure he cheated on me, but he's never admitted it. I continuously asked, what did i do wrong i put the blame on myself and couldn't let it go all these years i could go on and on about the conversation but after chatting and catching up i pretty much got all the answers i needed he was glad i reached out because he also wanted to apologize for how things ended if there was anyone in the world you could call for closure who would it be has a lack of closure ever hindered your future relationships
0: I guess I don't understand the whole timeline for her here. So she dated this guy for six I, years. I think that's they immaterial. I
9: think she's saying this closure really helped her move on. And she's saying, what about you guys? Have you ever been in a
0: similar experience? Damn, immaterial. That's a great word. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why he reads so the she's emails. He's a really looking... smart man. She's not really looking for advice. She's just kind of more inquiring about whether we've experienced something similar. Right.
2: I mean, it's a great question. <laughs> One.
0: I think that... I think we've talked about it in the past is my only uh, issue, not issue, but like closure is a very real thing. And I think we even might have talked about it as recent as last week or the week before it, where uh, we both experienced not having full the full closure that we wanted, right?
2: Is it a real thing? Is closure a real thing or is it just time heals old wounds?
0: No, I think it's closure 100%. Well,
2: okay. So have you experienced getting closure? Because I forget if we've ever talked about that.
0: Maybe we haven't, maybe I've just thought about it or something and I've misconstrued it as an actual conversation. I mean, I've experienced closure personally where, uh, and I'm not gonna name names here, but I dated someone for you know a good amount of time, whatever it might be. And uh, that relationship came to, a, to came to a head and ended. And I thought that by moving on to another relationship, I would get the closure that I needed and just close the door on that one, start the the beginning of this relationship, move on and be happy with it. But while I was in that new relationship, I was still sometimes thinking about the old relationship. And it wasn't until that I was able to kind of readdress things with that relationship that I realized that this was the closure that I needed. I realized that it's not something that I want. And I was able to move forward from there. So I think in my experience, at least closure is a real thing where I had to go back and confirm for myself that it wasn't what it was was it whether it was something for me something not for me but i wouldn't be able to really be happy with a new relationship until i went back and decided and figured out what that was
2: you know what i mean uh no that's a good point uh so is there anybody now that you would want to talk to for closure or do you feel like you're good
0: i think honestly the, i think that <laughs> thank you for asking that question i think one of the big reasons why i've been able to kind of come into my own uh as someone that's comfortable being in a relationship now is because I have the closure through and through in all my, you know, past relationships. And I think that maybe like part of the reason why I was never really that great at dating before was because I was always kind of like holding on to something else in my past, but now I, I'm not that way. And so I'm able to fully dive into this relationship that I'm in now. Uh, I think, and that's just, that's maybe that's my like armchair diagnosis of myself and closure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
2: Yeah, I I know. I mean, there's nobody that I'd reach out to. I I would say that definitely lack of closure has hindered uh, relationships for me in the past. There was one specific relationship where I never got like, it never felt like it was over. And that definitely hindered other relationships. I remember I started dating somebody else while I was still hung up on my ex. And, uh, I, I broke it up with her telling her that I just wasn't over my ex. And, uh, And so I think, similar to you, I've gotten closure since hand uh, that has really helped because we kind of revisited the relationship and then I think we both realized that we grew apart and became, you know, very different people than we were uh, when we dated. And so I think, uh, yeah, I I, I do think closure is a a real thing, but I also do believe in that time heals all wounds, you know, because... Sometimes you don't get the closure you want, but then you move on and you find somebody that you want to be with and then as time progresses, you just start separating yourself uh from that old relationship and and the the part of your heart that was attached to it, you know, kind of grows smaller and smaller. Um but no, there I don't think there's anybody I would I would reach out to uh now, obviously. But you think closure is a real thing? I do think it is a real thing, but I don't think you get it in every relationship and I also would say that just because you don't have it doesn't mean that you can't move on
0: uh i like tentatively disagree with you i think that it's hard to move on without ever getting that closure fully but i do agree that maybe there's like varying degrees of closure maybe there's like different like different parts of a relationship that you need closure from that you don't necessarily need closure from to move on to the next one i think there might be like different parts uh different avenues of closure that you could be seeking that don't necessarily play into your next relationship. And I guess it
2: depends on the Um, uh, intensity of the relationship. Because if it's like a a fling, I guess maybe I'm thinking more of like relationships in the past that haven't lasted that long. So maybe I didn't need as much closure as I did uh, need with the relationship that lasted four years. So I guess it really depends on the relationship. That would be my guess.
0: Yeah, and I I guess when I think about closure, I think about them being like uh, like long term relationships yeah
2: no that's a good point um all right let me read these last two and then uh we'll get the hell out of here mark thanks so much for the cameo uh really appreciate it you wonderful man you uh all right, so uh, as I was reading before in the intro of the podcast, eight facts about dating people with commitment issues as written by a woman who has them, and then I wanted to get Dean's perspective because he's been very open about his commi- commitment issues, just like I have, but I do feel that Dean, um, you know, might uh, w- was a little bit worse with commitment issues. Commitment issues? My wife just walked in hey, and yes. says that I don't have any commitment issues. Well, I don't have any commitment issues with you, but I've had commitment issues in the past. Oh, really? Yeah.
8: I don't, you don't strike me.
2: Well, you know, I told you, I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I put on this facade, and then behind the curtain, I'm just a complete hot mess.
8: I never would have thought of you as somebody who would be like, ah, I'm too scared to make her my girl. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, actually. Okay. I guess somewhere in between.
2: Well, we're recording. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> uh, that's what happens oh, when you have to record virtually uh, at home uh, during this time. Your wife just walks in and, and starts talking to you. Okay, number seven. Uh, Again, Dean, agree or disagree. Uh, If you want to keep someone with commitment issues, let them be free. Someone once told me that some people are like jets and others are like airports. Jets have to have freedom in order to do what they do best. And airports need to be grounded and secure. And the only way the two can work together is if the airport doesn't try to keep the jet out of the skies. And the jet makes sure the airport knows it's coming back. If you want your partner with commitment issues to find a home in you, give them the space to fly.
0: See, that's a good advice. Uh, I don't really have much to add to that. That was, that was a very nice analogy that they used with the airports and the jets. Uh, I think one of the reasons that Caitlin and I are able to work so well together is because she knows that I'm a jet and I sometimes need to fly. And she gives me that ability to fly as often as I want to and need to.
2: And she gives you that runway to land anytime you need.
0: Yeah, she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Whereas maybe in past relationships, I felt a little bit more like I was trying to be uh, grounded more than I had wanted to be. As Ashley's, Sorry, she's just uh, maneuvering uh, maneuvering Jared's ruining everything around. right
2: now.
8: It's not coming, your video. It's not, your, your it's not ruining your volume. It's <sighs> not ruining your volume. It's okay, Ashley.
2: We're only working.
0: We're only working. It's not like Jared's coming into you while you record one of your
2: podcasts and messing things up. Oh, I would be. She would give me such an evil eye if I tried to walk in the room. What a double standard! How how uh, unbelievable? freaking believable! Not to mention, I have to record in her glam room. Do you believe this? I have a. Yeah. I have a painting of a pig with some sort of flowers on top of her on its head. Why don't you record from the man cave? It's not as good as Wi-Fi. Plus, the lighting's better in this room. oh my gosh (laughs) um i do love that analogy though between the jet and the airport i think that's pretty cool uh but my only question for someone out there who's listening to this right now who's trying to be with someone with commitment issues should they not press should they just let them be free because doesn't that that's scary
0: i think uh i can only speak from my experience and with kaylin and i i think it's been a very clear from the beginning that i'm someone that likes to Uh, kind of go out for a little bit and then, and then fly back in, you know what I mean? So it's like, as long as that precedent and expectation is set, I think that it it can lead to, to good things. It's, it's different if it like, you promise and say, you're going to be this person, like an airport. And then after a year, you want to be a jet for a little bit, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So as long as there's maybe consistency and and there's an understanding about what's going to happen. Uh, I think that's the most important
2: thing. I agree with you. I I think it's a very healthy relationship if you're able to do this. uh, You know, have one person be a jet and the other person be an airport. Having said that, I feel like it's a lot easier said than done. Number eight, last one. If someone with a fear of commitment asks you for a commitment, it means they're a goner. We've fallen under your spell We've found a reason to change, and we're done for, possibly for the long haul. This is not a drill. Lock that thing down post-haste. Wait, if someone with a fear of commitment asks you for a commitment, it means they're a goner.
0: Like, they're done for. They're done in. You did it to Uh-oh. them. You're the reason. That's that's how I'm am interpreting it. no, at no, least. no. That
2: makes sense. Well, there we go. So, like, Kalen, I feel like that's Kalen for you. Sure. That's so sweet. I guess, yeah. I, I like it.
0: Let, we, <laughs> you want me to expand on it? No, I think
2: that's really sweet. So we can end the podcast on on a very sweet note. That you know, and now Dean, uh, who you know has admitted to having commitment issues in the past, uh, just like we all have, uh, is a little bit more public now. Uh, he he wants to commit. He's the one asking Caitlin to commit to him, which means he's a goner. Which means he's he's succumbed. He's landed for right now.
0: I suppose, I suppose. So it's a weird world we live in and it only gets weirder every single day. And it's going to be a little bit weirder next week when you guys tune in to Help I Suck at Dating where maybe we'll suck just a little bit less.
9: Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate
7: Black History
0: Month.
4: any disease.